Okay, so let's let's just um, let's go back to what we were ending off with last week. Okay, um, and um, I think there was a problem in the in uh, our understanding. Okay, so the Ram again is trying to um, to demonstrate the idea that the tainug of the nefesh is a is a far superior tainug to that of the guf. Um, and uh, and he says it's uh, it's a it's of a different order. It's a bilti uh, nifsakim, right? It's tamidim bilti nifsakim, and um, the only thing is in this world where we're we're uh, sort of like closed off from that experience. We don't have the um, the senses that that uh, interact with that directly. And um, all we uh, know is, uh, is is physicality, and everything that we experience is through the physical. So we don't have that kind of an experience. Um, but nonetheless, he obviously, and and that's something that uh, that if a person perfects himself in this world, when he departs and he has gained um, a certain purity of soul, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Then he'll have that experience, and he will not miss the prior state. No, he'll, in the next world, he'll, he will not have the physical experiences, the physical pleasures, and it won't be anything that he'll miss. Just like the uh, the king doesn't miss the the pleasures he had as a child. Okay, yeah. Does that mean to say that that in the? No, he can't miss it because he says. The only reason he, he he cherished it when he was younger is because he didn't have both before him. He wasn't able to judge what's what. Right? The, the child can't accurately judge what's the pleasure of being the king. But the king can judge the two, and it doesn't have an appeal to him anymore because the appeal is limited. The, the, the only thing that uh, creates the appeal is that smaller environment of the um, of, of that immediate... Uh, you know, world of the of the, the childhood world. Once he has, once his eyes are open, so to speak, it's impossible for him to go back to enjoy that uh, naive pleasure of, of of a child just kicking a ball around. Okay, and it, it looks foolish to him. Uh, he might, and again, he might miss the way he felt as a child. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different thing. That's because he has frustration in the present condition, but that won't you won't have that experience of frustration in the next uh, in, in the next world, and um, and he'll recognize the deficiency of the of the lower pleasure. Okay, but, but I'm just use it as a marshal to show you that although you're very attached to something in one stage, uh, and that's your whole world, it's very possible to proceed. To a, a completely different uh, dimension of existence, and look back at the old as empty and, uh, and and worthless, and nothing that you that you wish to engage again. So, so too, no matter how real and and uh, and powerful the uh, the the desires and the pleasures here, it's there's nothing impossible about another existence that reflects back on this and looks at it as as uh, empty. Yeah, and I was uh, Chaim's asking, can they evaluate that in the next world? It's possible. I don't know, but uh, it could very well be that, that intellectually they could they could understand 
what it is that creates the pleasure of the guf and recognize that it's based on having that kind of a existence, that physical existence. And it would be nothing that they would uh, trade in what they have. The experience of the nefesh is not something that they would exchange for the um for the pleasure of the of the guf because it's it's recognized that it's far the nefesh is far superior to the to the pleasure of the guf because pleasure of the guf is dependent on uh an entire different kind of existence you have to you'd have to see it in a perfect a perfect state of, of existence but again we'll, we'll we're going to try to get more into that thing yeah um okay we good good so now this another rambam though is trying to attempt seems like he's trying to attempt the impossible because he says he starts out in um Zion and he emphasizes over and over again that uh, we have no sense at all, no semblance, no remez to the um experience of the uh to to the to the Um and and yet he says on Kuflam and Ches that um, he's going to try to show you like this. Let me find the line. He says, "Ve'im halalu." If you think into, okay, this is what we we're mentioning last time. It's not something that you can just sense. You don't have an intuitive sense about it, but it's not closed off from inquiry. And if you think into it deeply. But but what the Indian shnei halalu these two kinds of pleasures timotze shaflus hatanug ho'echad ve'olyonos hasheni you will understand you will find the lowness of one meaning the physical and the height right the loftiness of the second meaning the nefesh. Now, what does he mean, Afilu Bolamazeh? Right? He, he, he said again, Lo Yodeya Bolamazeh Hagashmi Tanuge Olam Haruchni. Right? So, what does he mean? I'm going to demonstrate that you, if you think into it, you will see that everybody appreciates, even in this world, the supremacy of the Tanug. A nefesh over the Tanaka Guf. But even in this world, what do you mean, even in this world? There is no Tanaka Nefesh in this world. You just got through saying that. Right? So, so what does he mean by that? So he must mean, I would think, right, that he means to say, in some comparative sense, I'll show you, even in this physical world, there's some there's some kind of a comparison you know, that, that you can that you can make, and I'll show you. Maybe we we'll have to think about this to show you that even the way people pursue the physical pleasures, there still is something that reflects the idea that um, that the, that the tiny of the nefesh would be better. Still seems like an impossibility, but we we'll have to see how he's going with this. Yeah, you, you got something there, yeah, thanks, and, and then we have Dandy's question that, that I wanted to to mention at the outset is that he's going to go through people who pursue. Um, Pleasures that are not, uh, you know, uh, basically uh, base physical pleasures, and he says, and you see, they pursue these higher things. But, but Danny's question is, well, maybe they're crazy. Well, who, who was that? What does that prove? Maybe that's wrong. Maybe you shouldn't be pursuing uh, these things. And 
And those aren't even spiritual. It's just emotional. So it doesn't seem like he gets you anywhere. Yeah, Leslie. It's interesting. There are different ways to approach this type of an argument. But the Rambam takes it in a very um, uh, uh, meta kind of a way, to put it uh, in a modern way. He's not like like saying, like Leslie said, well, why don't you analyze how the physical is so dependent and everything you get... You get everything ready. You get the court reserved, and then you break your shoelace, and you, you know all the frustrations in the uh, in the physical pleasures, and uh, the spiritual pleasures don't have. But um, that's that 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 is a that isn't that is a good approach. I'm not sure if it shows though necessarily that the nature of the pleasure is intrinsically greater. It's just saying you'll have more pleasure. You won't have as much frustration. It's not even true, though. Also, there are contingencies. Maybe those moments are amazing. Yeah, there also are contingencies in our experience with the. So, so let, let's just, let's just try to follow. Instead of guessing what he's going to do, let's take a look at what he does and see if we can define his approach. Okay, so he says. Uh, so his first order of business is to show you, right? Like we said, like we read last week, that people will sacrifice. I'm sorry, they will suffer physical pain. Okay, in order to attain some kind of greatness, right? And I don't want to—I don't want to rehash the argument, but there, are, <laughs> the Ramam says, Rob and the other, maybe every, maybe all of them, will place upon themselves and their body, right, uh, exertion and work that is, um, you know. To, to the highest degree, and basically they're going to suffer pain in order to attain gedula oshi yichabdu b'nei adam. And now he emphasizes He underlines it. So they're suffering a physical pain to get a pleasure that's not eating and drinking. It's not eating and drinking. Okay, but it still is a physical pleasure. So how are you going to use this to demonstrate that the non-physical ruchni pleasure is greater than physical? He's still with, he's still within the physical, right? And, and like Danny said, maybe maybe it's stupid for a guy to do this. So how are you going to prove? How are you going to prove from a crazy guy, right, that uh, that you should recognize the um, the uh, the truth that the that the tainik and nefesh is greater? He's a crazy guy. We would say we would say that guy's crazy. Yeah. But, what, but you see, what's his emphasis? What's his emphasis? His emphasis is to show you that it's it's a non it's it's not a it's not a pleasure of the of shasi of achila and shasia. That, that's the, that's his emphasis. What was he trying to emphasize that? Right. That's what he underlines. He says, look what he's look what he's doing. He's he's suffering. And uh, and sweating, and exerting himself to get uh, gedula or kavod from other people. He means sensual. He means sensual pleasure. It's not a sensual pleasure. So apparently, he's trying to say. He says that if if you recognize in yourself. That there's a certain, apparently, in this, in, in, he's trying to show you that somehow or other there's within the physical realm, the fact that you elevate or will, or will put this pleasure of covered, how would you classify that pleasure? 
some kind of uh, ego, psychological, something like that, right? In that framework, it's not a sensual pleasure. Since you will, since you will prioritize, even sacri- even suffer in the physical, in the sensual physical world, for the pleasure of the emotional gratification of kavod, somehow or other, he says, you see, you see, you admit that the spiritual is better. Well, what do you mean he admits the spiritual? This guy is wrapped up in his emotions. How is he admitting that the spiritual is better? Right? And then he goes further. He says, and you know, and there are many people, some of them dropped off, not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're just many, who will rather enjoy the revenge, the experience of revenge, right? Which is ego and domination, right? Aggression. It's, it's a great combination of some of the classic uh, emotions, right? And he'd rather enjoy that than also, he guess, he says, being marba in Tanugam again? I gotta put, yeah, but me Tanugi had guf. See, he keeps going to the guf. Guf, guf. Right? And then he says, so that's what? That shows you that a person will relish, right? Which is a muscle for, I don't know what, food? Something. He will relish the, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, the, the revenge. What is he called? The, uh, um yeah, we'd rather have that experience than Hagof. So again, he says, You see, you see, you yourself, is this the hisbonus? You see, when you when you're misboning this, you'll find the proof that even in this world, but none of these are Tanuge and Epish. <laughs> right? And then he says, and and, and last one. Is and I think Donnie made a good point last week. Says, and the last one, he says, a person again will withgo physical pleasure, right? Um, in order to not suffer shame or to achieve a shame tov. So that's true. That means to say it's different than Kavod and Gedula. Kavod and Gedula simply would seem being from his possessions. I think, I think Donnie's right. Shame tov here means. He has a good reputation as a man of um, perfection, some kind of midos, some kind of a good name. Not, not because he's saying he doesn't want to be a glutton. He doesn't want people to think of him as a glutton. He doesn't want people to think of him as someone who has no self-control. He wants to be regarded as someone who has some kind of perfection. Shane Tov. So, okay, it's getting a little bit closer. It's getting a little bit closer. But that pleasure... <laughs> It's still a pleasure of ego, still a pleasure of just being known as that person, right? Doesn't he doesn't say he actually wants to be that person, <laughs> right? He just he just wants to be known as that person. So I was thinking of two two things. Uh, I was thinking about um, in in this in this uh, on this issue. Funny, uh, funny um, last week. Last week, my daughter was asking, she's learning math, you know, and um, she was asking me about um, you know, greater and lesser, you know, greater, you know, the, that sign. Mm-hmm. So she has negative numbers. So she says, explain to me, how is a bigger negative number less? 
than the smaller negative number. <laughs> how is it? How is it less? First of all, they're all just negative, so it's not a thing. You know what I mean? It's not like you have something you just don't have. It's negative, whatever that means, right? And how is it? Just how does that make sense? Okay, she was having a hard time like getting that idea. So it's not, it's not a simple idea. So um, I was trying to figure out ways of showing it to her. So I basically gave up and I said, "Listen, how about this? Take take negative." 10, right? And how would you go from negative 10 to negative 5? Well, you have to add 5. So you said, oh, well then, if you had to add 5 to go from negative 10 to, to negative 5, then it must be that negative, negative 5 is bigger. Right? His boning, the say, in other words, you might not really sense it. It might not be something you can sort of intuitively get two negative numbers and whatever it is, it's whatever is confusing. But I can sort of show you, there is a method of showing you that you have to realize that this is true, even if you can't really see it, even if you don't really get it, like uh, firsthand or intrinsically or clearly. I'm not sure what the term would be, but there is something that you re- you realize adding has to imply um, that you're going from smaller, you know, adding to get from one place to the other by adding it means it had to mean that something was smaller and, and, and the other one was bigger. Now, even if you can't fully get it, so so maybe the Ram is trying to use some kind of an approach like this. We have to think about it, but and and I think he's he I think that's part of this demonstration, and and I think it goes a little maybe a little bit to, to what Leslie was saying before that the Rama mentions in uh, for instance in um, in Maimar Trias on Mason. What is it that stops a guy from, what is it that makes the person believe that the Tainug HaGuf, or the Tainug of the of this world, is superior to the Tainug of the Nefesh? What is it that makes the person, sometimes you have to negate the problem that a person has in freeing his mind to see the, to see the idea. So what is it that makes a person feel that, no, I would never give up the tiny guy, right? That's the, um, what is it that makes a person say, no, the tiny guy, I can't, I can't see how the tiny nefesh could be greater than the tiny guy. I, I think part of it is the inability to recognize the, the reality of the non-physical. I think you can't relate to a, experience of something that you don't really relate to as existing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's a certain, um, there's a certain sense, there's a certain common feeling that the more tangible the thing is, the more real it is. And the Ram discusses that in the Maimur Tchiasa Mason. He says, that's very hard for a person to understand the idea of a non-physical being, like a malach. Because a person tends to think just, I don't know if I say the word think, but it's just like, it's kind of like just uh, the, the way you you feel about things, the way you believe things without thinking too deeply is, yeah, what, what, what's physical, what I can touch, I know that's real. Other things you don't relate to as truly real. And the Ram says, of course, that the Chacham really knows that the non, a non-physical existence is more real than the physical. 
because the physical is dependent on a lot of things and it's subject to destruction and all of those kinds of things. And in reality, if something were to have an existence that's not dependent on the physicality, it's a stronger, more durable, permanent, truer kind of, of an existence. So, so maybe the Ram is trying to say, look, there's one, well, one way you can say is you've got to show a person that even in the physical world, he recognizes, and he might not think about it, and he might not relate to it emotionally, but intellectually, you can show him that even within the physical world, he he recognizes that the the lower and the more tangible is not what you treat as the greatest and not what you treat as the more real and not what you treat as the um the uh, the, the the ideal and once i once i force you to look at that I can at least maybe start to 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 force you to recognize that the premise that's stopping you from 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 relating to the tiny nefesh as as true is even in your own framework. You, you, you if you think about it, you'll recognize that my body is more tangible, but than my psyche, than my personality, than all of those other things. But yet. I would, I, I still recognize that those experiences are greater. And if those experiences are greater, it must be because that which is experiencing it is more real. You understand what I'm saying? Is more truly me. And what is really me? What What is my true existence? You see that a person would, a person would would satisfy his drive for uh, revenge that's more that's a more satisfying fulfilling experience than tickling his taste buds right because it's 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 striking deeper at who he is and ultimately to portray the yourself as a as an individual of some kind of philosophical or um uh you know ethical perfection that is more satisfying why because that you relate to that as more representative of you than your body so you see a person does really recognize that there are higher existences even even in the physical world it's true we're not experiencing a spiritual uh, nefesh tainug, but you do recognize that the reality of the experience, or the or the reality of the or the value of the experience, is inversely related to its um, base material physicality. So you, you could see if you're hisboning in that, you'll recognize that there is a trajectory over here and once you can understand that there's a truer there's even a truer you that is existing completely free from the from the physical you would recognize that also must be a, a, a truer greater experience one second Yosef, it reminds me of this this approach it's interesting it reminds me of Aristotle's beginning to the, the, the opening of um, 
his uh, book on metaphysics. Not that I've read more, much more than the opening, but um, it always struck me as a very, as a, as a, as a strange, interesting claim. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. It's like this: All men, by nature, desire to know. Okay, an indication of this is the delight we take in our senses. Okay, so first of all, Aristotle is trying to tell everybody, okay, people who don't seem to be interested in knowledge at all. He's going to try to show you, no, every every human by nature really wants knowledge. There are different translations of it. Really wants knowledge. How, how could you demonstrate someone who's just wants to watch sports all day and make money that he's interested in knowledge? How, how can you prove this thing? So he says, no, I'm going to prove it to you. And he says, and an indication of this is the delight we take in our senses. Well, that sounds crazy. What do you mean? Take, has their senses have anything to do with knowledge? It says, for even apart from their usefulness, they are loved for themselves. And above all, the sense of sight. For not only with a view to action, but even when we are not going to do anything, we prefer sight to almost anything else. The reason is that this, most of all the senses, makes us know and brings to light many differences between things. So it's like, it's like I'm going to show you, <laughs> I'm going to show you that deep down you really want knowledge. I'm going to show you that you like knowledge because a person enjoys to use his sight even when he's not trying to achieve anything. Why? Because sight gives him the greatest access to knowledge to understanding now and if that satisfies you there must be some desire so i can all i can show you that everybody on a certain level is interested in knowing interested in gaining knowledge because he has that he has that pleasure of sight the problem is people have a very distorted idea of what is important and what information is valuable but that desire to know <laughs> is there and he's trying to show you a similar kind of an approach you know like if you look at the way people act even though they don't admit it and they're not aware of it there's something that demonstrates that desire to know they're not preoccupied with touching things you don't do what they want because the sight is the access to knowledge and information do you see people desire information now why are they pursuing ridiculous things okay they've got emotions but deep down there's some there's some driver so i think the ram is also trying to take a similar kind of approach like i'll show you even within your own you know foolish way there's something in your in your in the way you 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 relate to the world that demonstrates a certain recognition of the 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 truer element of you is more removed from your body and that truer and the pleasure that is experienced by that truer element maybe it's the emotion of maybe it's possessions the way you relate to things uh which is very low or maybe it's the emotional experience of mastery over your enemy or the sense of pride in, in an ethical perfection. All of those demonstrate 
that if a person prefers those to the physical senses, it shows him that, that you, you recognize a distinction between the physical you and a more, um, you know, uh, removed from the physical identity and that those experiences are, are greater and more real. Now imagine I could show you the real you is even deeper inside and even less attached to the physical. Imagine what that experience is like. And that's what he says. Let me just finish this story. He says, he says, he says, the im kahu matsovenu bolamazahagashmi. If even if that's our situation in this physical world, that we recognize when we pull away from the more base existence, we go to you know the psychological and the ethical that we feel how we have we have a greater uh, experience of of pleasure. Kol shekain bolam anafshi. This goes to Sean's question. Behu olam abo. What kind of a change is it? Shabo taskil nafshenu min habore bedome lemashemaskilim hagaromim haelyonim oyose. So. If 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 that's the true here, then then it's certainly true in the olam ha nafshi, where first of all we don't have the the distractions of this world, because that's what we said was primarily closes us off from this experience. The fact that we're bombarded with the physical, uh, you know, uh, experiences, and we'll have a qualitative. I think it's a qualitatively different level level of knowledge than we than we can hear because it's not going to be you know through the, the process of of, uh, of 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 the senses and and argumentation and proofs and they're deriving things it'll be a direct kind of a knowledge we'll have a knowledge of the from from the creator like the malachim he says, but that pleasure is no way to, to describe it. There's no muscle that is appropriate for it. It's just like the, the, the Navi who was, who was astounded from it, he says, "Ma rav tuvcho asher tzafanta liriecha pa'alta lefosim bach." Can't say it. Can't can't describe it. Who David? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. The Ram uses the word navi. Yeah. It also has to do with the fact that it has to do with going back to the arguments. It has to do with the self. Also, you identify the self less with your body than with your psyche. And less with your psyche than with your whole ethical perfection, because that's the ethical perfection is is representative of your mind as well. And and that's the ple- and, and and the person person recognizes that the pleasure that takes place in those higher uh, identities, which is which is more removed from the physical, because the physical is limited, right. The the psyche is more uh, is, is over the physical, controls the physical, and the and and the and the ethical is even uh, higher than that. Yeah. 
I think the Ram is trying to elevate those things. You know, the desire for revenge is in the psychological. The shame tov means he can control the, the desire for revenge. He can control those uh, those other things. It represents a, a more removed and a more real um, uh, uh, association with 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 who 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 you are. And and that's where the greatest. Um, and and that's and that's a greater pleasure, and therefore the real existence of who you are is the truest pleasure. Okay, all right. So let's go a little further. So it's like this. So although there's no marshal for the experience of the for the pleasure, there is a marshal for the olam haba itself. He says v'kach amru aleim ashalom haolam haba. Doesn't mean there's an ilas asandal, okay? But he says el tzadikim yoshim v'atshoseim v'roshayim v'nenim yizivashchina. Okay, that's the famous muscle. So there's no eating, drinking, washing, uh, or shmiring tashmish. What is it? It's the tzadikim sitting with their crowns on their heads and they're enjoying from the ziv hashchina, from the rays, radiance. Good. So he says, what does that mean? What does it mean their crowns are on their heads? He says, Okay, so what does that mean? Well, the Ramam basically more or less incorporated everything, you know, in this in Chelek in, into Hilchos Tshuva, you know. So um, the companion to this uh, pair. But so over there he explains a little bit more, right? Tarkhes. Days. But I guess we should be able to get it from here, right? So what does he mean? He means it like this. What does he mean? I'll read you here. Over here he says, um, Right? Since they have no bodies and no eating and drinking or any of the things that bodies need in this world, and nothing occurs to them like like the occurrences of the body. Kigon Yeshiva, the Amida, the Shina, Umisa, right? If you don't have a body, you don't have sitting, you don't have standing, sleeping, death, the Atzav, the Schok, that's the instrument, or these psychological things, laughter, sadness. It's interesting how the Ram associates that with the body. Those, those emotional experiences come from the physicality. Right, so 
So it's like contradictory, right? If you want to show you, there's no goof, there's no uh, experiences of the goof. And one of the things he says that you're not going to have is sitting, but trying to prove it now, because the say, well, there's no eating and drinking. They're just sitting. Okay, but no eating and drinking is good. That shows you there's no goof, but then it says they're sitting. <laughs> and they've heads with crowns. So he says, Hooray, this bar sham goof. So this is interesting, the way the Ramam analyzes that medrash. He said, well, look, first of all, they said there's no eating and drinking. That must mean no goof, because if you have a goof, you have to support it. There's no eating and drinking, there's no goof. So what does it mean? They're sitting? He says, that's their chido. Meaning to say, sitting is, is a marshal for like a, a restful, peaceful uh, presence. Okay. Okay, there's no angst, no anxiety, no work. So what does it mean? Crowns are on their heads? So it means the knowledge that they that they know. The knowledge, which is, which is, because of which they were zochet olam haba, is with them, and that's what he means over here, and that's the atorah shalem, okay, batorah imo. That's what he means over here in this in this more complicated way of phrasing it. He says over here, he says, what does it mean after saying roshem? It's the kiyom nefesh, right? I mean, it's that that which is sustains the the nefesh. Bikiyam muskala with the with the existence of the knowledge. Because the the existence of the soul in the and the existence of the knowledge according to Rama are the same thing. Now because the soul, an existing soul is an active thinking, right? Is is the thought that it is the knowledge that it contains. So what's that? He says only tzadikim. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that leaves a lot of us out. Well, you have to, you have to, you have to take the Ramban's uh, shot. That the tzaddik means he's um, he, he. Well, you have to be. I mean, the tzaddik means you have more, um, more zechuyos uh, That's all. And if you're a benoni, we say Karish Baruch Hu tips the scale for you. Too, right? No, no, that's a different thing. No, you're not that, that's the cheshbon of every year. No, okay. This is the cheshbon of the Yom Misa. That's uh, it's uh, Rav Chesed. Okay, so um, but anyway, um, yeah. Why is it called a crown? It's interesting. Why is it called a crown? Why is it called a crown? What's why is that? Why is that an apt marshal for this kind of thing? Yeah, especially because a crown is like is is external. So, right. So strange then. It sounds like he's saying that if it's one and the same, the idea and the and the nefesh itself, then it'd be strange to call it a crown. It sounds like the idea is external to the nefesh. Right. right. I th- I think yeah. What what are you saying? That's definitely true. There's the crown is um, a certain glory, right? So it identifies a person and projects a certain uh, distinction and majesty. And I think it's also, I think it's also he's trying to say the Atara and the Rosh, I mean, I guess you could say it's about a lot of things, but 
they 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 join together into one one kind of a um, of a um, demonstration. In other words, there's an existence just like the the nefesh and the ideas. Right? The ideas are, in a certain sense, he's saying, like a crown to the nefesh. In other words, they activate, they actualize. The nefesh is sort of a union. The active, the act, the, the existing nefesh is kind of a union of the of the um, of the ideas and the uh, and that in, in 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 an actualized state. In a certain sense, and that and that is the ultimate um, expression of the godless of of Adam. Of, of the of the of the the greatness of of, of of man so in a certain sense the the crown on the head also is some kind of a um, joining together that represents a um, a perfection it, it's it, it's it's in Derek Marshall the king is crowned and of course the crown and the king have to the, the head and the crown there's no such thing as one without the other, and they only represent the uh, the perfection with the union. And um, maybe in Derek Marshall, he's saying, "Atrosayim brosheim" means the rosh is like the the tzelam elokim, and the atara is that which gives it its glory. So, what gives the tzelam elokim its glory? The knowledge that it holds. In Derek Marshall. The crown gives the or, or distinguishes the, uh, the this head from uh, from others and makes it uh, gives it a certain majesty. And in the Derek Marshall, you're, the, the 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 tzaddikim exists with that which gives their the essence of their head, the 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 the, the, the soul, with what gives it its its distinction and reality, is its ideas. So. That's the uh, one second, and the nenim miziv ashchina, meaning sheosan hanefoshos nenos b'masha maskilos min aborei k'moshe nenos chayos hakodesh v'shar milos amalach of mashi eskilu b'mitziuso. Okay, so let me just let me just end up with one thing, because if we have a minute, I'll come back here. And uh, again, everything he's talking about is the hano and the tainim. But we asked the question two weeks ago: Is is it possible for there to be pain? Right, or is it only or is it only possible to have tainug, and less tainug and more tainug? Uh, in this thing, you're not going to have depression and jealousy and those things which are ma'oros haguf. But if there's the capacity for a pleasure, is there a capacity for a pain? So, it's an interesting question, and um, and there are descriptions of, you know, the purgatory kind of a state, right? Um, 12 months? Yeah, 11 months, 12 months, whatever it may be. And um, we, we spent a lot of time going through these ideas in, in the um, Shara Gamal with the Ramban. But, uh, and, and, and the uh, Seferi Karam also discusses that. And the Seferi Karam, I think he has, he has an interesting muscle. He wants to say, it's kind of like if a person were dreaming, right? So you're having a, an amazing, an amazing dream. And then you wake uh, a fantastic thing. You wake up and you see none of it is true, right? There's a certain, oh, a certain regret, a certain, uh, you know, shock. 
So in a certain sense, saying if a person lives to the degree that the person lives his life with attached to a false value, then when the person enters the Olama MS, I'm not sure if it's a marshal or if it's there's there is some kind of disturbance. If the if the nefesh is a uh, there's some kind of a recognition that there is a that that the the that which he was attached to was false and there is a new um recognition of that of that now is that painful is that emotional i I think it actually has to do with with a deeper question and that is whether this soul is an existence without the knowledge or if it's only an existence with knowledge you see what i'm saying that's an old metaphysical question if you're going to learn like the Rambam, it would see you can't. It would seem you can't have pain, because the soul just is the knowledge that it has, right? If you're going to learn like the, the Sefer Karm, he, he he holds there's, there's there's like an existence to the soul even without the uh, the knowledge. So then you can say, okay, there's there is that which experience which has an experience other than the knowledge, and it can recognize that it was uh, attached to something false. So that would be some kind of like a jarring transition, you know. So like like Moshe, say, had no transition. You know, I mean, because he was living in this world with all the ideas of uh, of reality. But the degree a person is attached to falsehood here, when he enters the world of MS, there's going to be some dissonance, and that's that is in some sp- some nefesh experience uh, a pain. That's why uh, that's why Rashi said it's like 